Welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. On this podcast, let's step aside from our busy lives to have fun, fascinating, life-giving conversation with inspiring authors, pastors, sports personalities, and other influencers, leaders, and followers. Sit back, grab some coffee, or head down the road, and let's get the good and gold from today's guest. Here's Jeff Pinkleton, Executive Director of the Gathering of the Miami Valley, where their mission is to connect men to men and men to God. Hello, friends. Welcome again today to another episode of the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast, where we like to talk all things life, leadership, lessons therein. And we tend to do that in the world of sports, of comedy, of business, of music, testimonies, books, authors, pastors. And sometimes we get to do this with guys who are good friends of mine. And today is one of those days, and we're actually going to be looking at kind of the past, the history of this podcast with, I want to introduce number one, Tim Young, one of maybe two people who have listened to every episode. Did you listen to Stacey Pates, which was... I did. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. (laughs) Tim is one of the funniest people I know, and I'm going to give people at the end the opportunity to know where they can find you guys, and you do not want to miss Tim. His comedy and what he's done with any and all things tied to Ron Burgundy is worth listening to. We grew up together. His oldest brother and I were in a school together, played sports together. Then it was Tim and I, and then along the way... I picked up the young that my second guest knows, Mike, on many levels, and still see Mike regularly enough because we live not far from each other and cross paths in Springfield. And then guest number two is is now the mayor of Springfield, Ohio. We've never had a mayor. Mayor, mayor, yes. Elect. He's in. And (laughs) we have never had a mayor on here. So Rob Rue, Tim Young, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. I'd just like to say that I have just finished both movies of Anchorman, and I'm fresh, Tim. <laughs> all right. All things Mr. Burgundy. Stay classy, Rob. I will stay classy as much <laughs> as possible, Tim. So I had Doug Harris and Rob Oller on here previously, who were friends. I had Ryan Snow and Ben Bonham. I didn't think those two podcasts could be touched as far as two guys who really don't know each other, but I am friends with both of them, and this might go off the rails sooner than either <laughs> one of those two did. So uh, anyway, I want to start like I do with most people and just talk to me, you guys, at 53 and 52, similar place to where I am. Rob and I share birthdays four days apart, but tell us about Jesus at this point in you guys' lives. We'll start with Rob on this one. Oh, thanks. Well, uh, first off, I want to say Jeff is way older than I am, like by years. Four days. Yeah. I am, and I would say a mustard seed of faith part of my journey. Uh, I know Jesus is real. I'm I'm walking with him. But there are times where my prayers have been, hey, God, hey, (laughs) you know, what about this? And then, uh, so I, I know he's real, and I've lifted up my heart to him, but uh, you know, as you go through difficulties and then, you know, I think when you get north of 50, you start recalibrating and looking back. And so uh, I'm trying to meet him, not just in the basis of discipline, but of heart relationship. Jeff, I've been on journeys with you to Montana, and you know that this is the very thing of fatherhood journeys and sonship that, uh, you know, I'm kind of like uh, just kind of looking through those things. So my journey with Jesus is very real. I, you know, I left up a lot of conversational prayers with him. It looks less religious than it used to for me, but very much, uh, you know, he's very, 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 he is life. And uh, so it's just kind of reconciling what he was 22 years ago to who he is today mm. to me. Tim, how about you? Because I'm getting to see it yeah. a little bit more firsthand more recently. And it's it's fun to see what God's doing in your life. So where, where would you say you are on that journey right now? No, I'm, a, I'm in a great place. I think that uh, throughout my professional um, and personal career. I've had highs and lows, and it always comes back to faith. I think, you know, my upbringing, I grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school till fifth grade. My mom was Methodist, but she took us to church with dad anyway. And I think my mom was truly the first cable Christian who truly embraced Billy Graham in the hour of power with Robert Schuller. So for me, you know, growing up, we had a great household based in faith. But I think for me, you know, you kind of lose your way a little bit in high school and college, and you, and you kind of go down that path of just doing or just kind of going with the flow or, uh, you know, 
it was not that I lost faith in God, but you just kind of lost faith in maybe what you should be doing. And, and quite honestly, it, it all came to fruition when I was 25 and my dad was 51. Father's Day, 1996, my dad died on, on Father's Day of a heart attack. And for me, I'm a guy that likes closure. And I'm trying to figure out what happened. How does this happen? And I think, you know, you go through all those stages of grief. You know, I thought back, I couldn't get the question answered why. And then more importantly, I think, you know, there was some blame too on my dad. Like, I, I can't believe, because he didn't take care of himself well. And, you know, I like, well, how, how could you be selfish? So you go through all these different emotions. And it wasn't long after that, that we got pregnant with our first kid and one of three. And I knew that if I'm going to do this right. I've got to find my way back. And mm. my wife and I started going back to church. Long story short, we ended up moving to uh, outside of Louisville, Kentucky in 2012. One of the guys I worked with introduced me to Southeast Christian. And uh, we started going to church. And like in 2016, 2017, our entire family got baptized. So I'm in a really great place now, but it's definitely one of those things that Rob said. It's it's an everyday, uh, everyday challenge. Yeah, you know it's funny as it's, as you said all that time. I mean, obviously, I've known you longer, but there's not many people in my life over the last two decades that I've done more life with than Rob. And uh, I said on here not long ago, I think that it's amazing the number of people that have been on this podcast that uh, the two cities that are most represented, I think, are Louisville, Kentucky and Nashville, Tennessee. And you you have ties to both. And, yes. uh, you know, Louisville, Kentucky, I just have the utmost respect. One of Rob and I's good friends is Landon Wade, who's down there. You've gotten to know Landon over the years through that. There's just some great stuff, great men, Great people, Christian culture in both those cities, but I'm going to lean a little bit more towards Louisville because everybody knows Nashville's tied to the Bible Belt. And, uh, you know, I think professionally, it's neat to see what God's done with both you guys. And we could unpack three three episodes just on the professional life for both you guys. But just tell us maybe in about 30 to 45 seconds, both of you, we'll, we'll start with Tim. What, what are you doing right now in your assignment with your career? Yeah. So I've been in the convenience store business for over 25 years and I've been in category management for the last 20. So category management, what does that mean? It means I get to decide what comes in, how we price it, how we place it. So there's a lot of samples that come through the house. <laughs> we know that. Most recently I've, I've, I've gone to the supplier side. So now I call on a lot of your convenience stores. I call on distributors that bring product to the stores themselves. And it's been a, it's been a great change, a great change of pace for me. Is it Hershey? Who does Mr. Goodbar? Mr. Goodbar's Hershey. Yeah, tell them there's a, a place, there's a new gas station coming in Cuberry Road in Springfield, Ohio, and they need a whole bunch of samples for Mr. Goodbar's to to get rocking and rolling. And uh, we'll do. I'll make sure they find their way to the right person. <laughs> Rob, your professional life looks like what? Yeah, so I've uh, been a funeral director since 1993. I own and operate, co own and operate a funeral home that I worked for with my dad. So I am finding myself well, well into that career. Been around it since I was eight years old. So it's, it's all I've known my whole life. And then on, in 2017, I got elected into the city commission. So I helped govern the city as a city commissioner. And as we already said, I was elected a mayor elect for the city of Springfield. And so I find that that helps my governing, my, um, my, uh, the side of me that needs to help uh, change uh, things on a big level. So Rob and I have an ongoing joke that we have for years. It's not really a joke anymore because he, he transferred over, but he would joke about his relationship was unsanctioned with me because he was not really formally tied Santa to the gathering. Jeff. And then he became mm -hmm. sanctioned on many, many levels and got involved. So you guys are both, it's interesting having somebody near Nashville and someone in Springfield tied to this ministry called The Gathering that I do with my day job, connecting men to men and men to God. Why being connected? How are you connected? And what do you think works within that? Not that this is supposed to be about me. I want this to be about that work. How does that work in and for you guys with where your space is? Tim, why don't you talk about that at first since you're a little bit more newly engaged? Yeah, first of all, I want to let everybody know that we are not paid guests. So this is definitely not <laughs> That's right. uh, a, a paid advertisement uh, wait, for wait, Jeff. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't know that? Wait. Yeah. Or me. <laughs> yeah. One of you got a check and the other one didn't. <laughs> so for me, Jeff, you and I have stayed stayed pretty close um, over the years through text and just kind of keeping up with everyone's family. 
And it just so happened that around the first part of 23, you reached out to me about potentially joining one of your locker rooms. And quite honestly, I was going through a very challenging time in my professional career. We had recently moved to Nashville, took a job. Once the kids are now in college, my wife and I moved down to Tennessee. We were down here six months. And unfortunately, my position ended up being eliminated. And for me as a father, being so close to the kids, all our kids are in Cincinnati. The weight of moving to Nashville further away from the kids was something that I struggled with even when I had a job. But now I was unemployed. I didn't have a job. And you reached out and said, hey, why don't you look at uh, joining one of these locker rooms? And I did. And quite honestly, I don't think any of us anticipated that initial meeting, the introduction to go as it did. And for whatever reason, God just spoke to me and I just, I poured it all out. Mm -hmm. I, I just let everything go. And I think sometimes as men, we don't do a great job of letting other people in. And for me, it was a great opportunity for people I didn't even know other than you just to share my story and just to hear the support that they had for me was incredible. And then I started hearing about this podcast thing that you were doing and Hey, I'm unemployed. I get up in the morning. I can't sleep anyway. I go work out and I binge on your podcast. And I think within two, three weeks, I knocked them all out and it was great. So for me, a lot of the podcasts, a lot of the stuff that you guys talk about, you're talking about talking to great people. And one thing we all share is we all have a lot of the same journeys. And how is everyone dealing with those situations that happen in life? And really what it comes back to is everyone's faith in their faith in, in God and understanding there's a plan. You may not understand the plan, but trust in the plan. And, um, you know, I think it's Isaiah 60 verse 22, when the time is right, I will make it happen. And, you know, for me, there was a lot of that, that a lot of the uncertainty, you know, because you're out of job, you build a new house. What am I doing? And there was just a lot of peace that not only the the podcast, but the the locker room, a lot of peace brought that brought to me, which is great. Yeah. So I thank you for that. Well, it's interesting. So our group met this morning, in the virtual group. We're, we're looking to start a second one and kind of move it back to accommodate guys in, in different time zones. But, you know, when I got off there, I said it to you guys, and I just made it, man, that group of guys on there who really can't be in person, really anybody. There's a couple of guys tied to Columbus that potentially could. But, man, the love I have for that group, and when I get off there, every time we meet, I'm like, man, I'm so glad I was on here. We got deep into each other's lives, and one guy shared some great testimonies today. And then we hit the book of Colossians for a good 25, 30 minutes. And, man, there's just some really good stuff that takes place on Zoom that – can't be done another way. So, and you, you actually, I like how you did it. You kind of tied the next question in a little bit, Tim. So Rob, kind of, kind of talk briefly about your tie to this work of connecting men to men and men to God. And then, you know, kind of where you tied into the podcast. Well, I've, I've always been a Pinkleton fan. So that's why, you know, and I wasn't really involved with a gathering for years. And that was the unsanctioned sanction talks. So every conversation <laughs> I have with Jeff, I'd be like, is this sanctioned? Is this unsanctioned? <laughs> so we kind of have this joke, but you know, we, we kind of, I've kind of, you know, supported him briefly in the past and then just got more involved. And I think as you get older, like you've already said, Tim, you know, we think we men become, we don't open up easily. Friendships become, you know, more, you know, separated. We get busier with life, have older kids, things like that. And, or younger kids here in my case. But uh, so I just had a need to be connected with men, and that is Jeff's ministry, and he is the great connector next to Jesus in Springfield. And I always said, if you come to this town and you know nobody or you need a job and you meet Jeff Pingleton, those things will be absent soon in your life. You'll have a job, you'll have friendships, <laughs> and uh, and that's one of the things that I value within the gathering ministry is that is Jeff's leadership really is the heartbeat of the entire ministry. And now that with all the gathering groups, you can really see how it's rippled and taken effect. So, and as far as podcasts, I just, whenever I need encouragement, I kind of turn to him. I, I think Jeff is an excellent podcaster. I'm not just tooting your horn because you're my friend. I've had side conversations with you, how you can do things better yeah. and what I really like about it. And I think that you do a good job of paying attention. You're studied when you get onto the podcast, except for this one. And then, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I have no control over this one. But, so there, how do I prepare for this one? I don't no, think it's possible it's, to prepare for this. A, you're a good engaged speaker. So, I mean, I, I, I have my, I have my favorites and I, you engage people well. So that's why I keep listening. Well, I appreciate that. Let's, let's ask you guys this. So if we had, you know, Tim, you've got the advantage. You've listened to all of them. Rob has not yep. gotten quite there. If you had a Mount Rushmore of who you've really appreciated as guests, they've meant something to you. Give me a Mount Rushmore of guests we've had on here, Tim. So for me, it's Clark Kellogg, it's Dave Stone, Jason G, and Chris Burke. Wow, you Louisville got a lot of love there between they, they did. Chris Burke <laughs> and uh, Dave Stone and Clark. Obviously, got to get it for for basketball. And then you're going to old school for us. Rob remembers that name hopefully from uh, the South High School yeah. mid '80s days. Yeah. Jason G. So why those yep. four, uh, Tim? Well, I mean, clearly Clark Kellogg, I've been a sports fan my entire life, and just his story is pretty incredible. And he's just been an inspirational leader uh, throughout the years. I mean, I grew up watching him as as a youngster playing hoop in the in the house, being watching the old Buckeyes play. Dave Stone, clearly, I mean, he was the head pastor at Southeast when we lived there and really had a chance to just listen to him speak. And I think a lot of the stuff that he talked about in your podcast in his post-career you know, definitely hit home for me about, you know, taking that step of faith and, and really not knowing what's next, but trusting in the plan, God will open doors and the importance of mentoring others. So those are things that I really take to heart. Jason G, he's just a, once again, a Springfield guy and love watching him play basketball. And he made a comment about being a drug baby as a child, being drugged to church. And that's, that's definitely kind of how I how I came to it as well. You know, you went to church because that's what you were supposed to do. But as you grow older and deeper in your faith, understanding that it's important to repay others through through leadership as well. And then Chris Burke, once again, Louisville guy, um, he was part of the travel baseball program that our kids were involved with. So I had a chance to, to meet him a few different times. But one of the things that he talked about, as you know, Jeff, you know, as we played played sports as a kid, sports is a great part of faith and you can learn so much because you know as you play more and more sports sometimes it becomes very difficult to get to church on sunday because you've got travel season that takes place and you know there's there's a lot of leadership that can come about being on the baseball field and and what have you and just building those relationships and uh really it's it's church to me as i grew up was really never about one particular place it was really about what's inside your heart. So whether I was on a ball diamond in a basketball gym or in a church, you know, it didn't take away from my love for, for Jesus. Yeah. Those are some good ones. It's funny when you said that about Chris, I had to go back and kind of reflect a little bit on that. We did do a lot of navigating in that one about, you know, what's it look like with family and how do you not get obsessed Mm -hmm. with something and how do you use what's good about sports? And, uh, you know, with all of us, Tim, your kids have always been very active travel sports. I had the pleasure of seeing Brenna play volleyball. I've talked, bragged about that a couple of times, you know, here recently, you know, Rob, Rob leads us here in the pack. We got five kids with Rob, four with me, three with you, Tim, and and just living the life you live. For any of us, it's going to involve a decent bit of activity. And I thought Chris navigated that well. And I've heard he from other people that he's he's doing a lot of stuff in Louisville, Kentucky. So, Rob, how about you? What would you put on kind of your Mount Rushmore of guests, and why were those guests people who stood out to you? Matthew Slee. The interview with uh, him was impactful. I'll, I'll go into that. Greg Nerger, uh, Olivia Eldridge, and then most recently, Justin Early. Dang, you, them, picked, you picked three of those people have done been on here twice. Matthew's been on here twice. Justin's been on twice. Olivia's been on twice. And then Greg was with another Louisville, Kentucky guy, Kurt Sodder, who was longtime men's pastor there at Southeast. For Matthew, well, two of them actually because of their probably – acquaintance with grief and grieving and just because obviously that's my profession and that touched me. I, I like to, I'll just speak, you know, Tim did it differently. He was able to to speak to the different ones. I like all four of these because they were vulnerable in how they approached their topic. They have been through, I think a couple of them, well, yeah, a couple of them have late in life revelation of God in their heart especially Matthew, you know, so it was just cool to hear his testimony on how God, he was saved late in life and what God has done with him. That was really encouraging. So the two, the books, Justin's book and Matthew's book have impacted me. Olivia, I love her vulnerability and just her desire to see, you know, Jesus 
and it just kind of affect people in a way that brings freedom. And Greg's vulnerability with his, you know, walking through the loss of his wife and how he's be, tried to deal with that. So vulnerability and their victory over hardship with Jesus have been two big things that the reason I like the four of those. Yeah. You know, it's so funny as you guys talk about these people, Olivia is one of the only people I've ever met who didn't live around me that we met first at randomly at a conference. And I've told that story and it's a great one. And then it's, it's been on a screen two different times, but you know, like with Kurt, with Dave, we had lunch on the same day with previous mentioned friend, Landon Wade in Louisville. And when I saw him, it was like, well, I, I know them to some degree. We've never met. I think I hugged both of them. Mike Donahue, who just came and spoke at a breakfast for us. I see him at the airport. You know, we've interacted multiple times. We've met, we did meet in person once at the Kayla Fan Awards, but, you know, he gets out of the car, shakes my buddy's hand. I'm like, dude, this ain't no handshake. This is a hug. And I think that idea is one of the things I absolutely love, love, love about this podcast or about anything like this. You know, Rob, I know you really want Justin Early to come to Springfield and do something for us. And if I had to bet my hunches, if he can do it, that'll happen in the next couple of years or whatever. But like when I see Justin and for the very first time, I'm going to feel like there's a friend I've read, you know, I think two of his books. Mm-hmm. I've been on an hour and a half, two hours worth of a call with him based on two podcasts. And it's just, nobody can appreciate unless they've done this, how incredible that is to get to know these people. And then like, Oh, by the way, we're just meeting. I want to go. I, I can't wait yeah. to hug you. Andre and Davis yeah. and I had that in the spring when he came for our breakfast back yeah, in May, spent time with you, Rob, at, at the funeral home. He didn't do any work, just so everybody's clear. A football player in the NFL doesn't mean you get to embalm people or anything like that. Andre just was there for a meal. For a I have a reception facility. Let's be real. There you go. Facility. A reception oh, from a wide receiver gosh. facility. But uh, <laughs> let me ask you guys this. So we, we always say at the beginning, I always comment about here's the spaces we do this in. Comedy, music, sports, pastoral, author, the like. What, what particular genre? Politics now. Well, that's right. Yeah. We well, Stephen Mansfield's been on. We got to know right. some some politics yeah, with he's him. He's never been elected. He's never been the mayor. Of Am I the first elected <laughs> official? Uh, <laughs> probably so. But what what genre? Let's start with you, Rob. Is there maybe a genre of, of in that category where we've had a group of people on where you're like, man, I really like the whatever group. Surprisingly to so, you. So I, I thought about that, and I had a hard time trying to, to answer that well. Tim, you'll probably have a better answer. But I, I, I brought up the word vulnerability. So not that any of you know, not that all of your guests have a measure of vulnerability, but it's just the ones I could tell are just speaking from a place of brokenness yet victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's what I mean. So maybe just the ones I connected with. So you've had a lot of good guests on here, and I could have probably picked ten more at least. <laughs> Uh, that I like, but I don't like polished testimonies. So yeah. I maybe have had a hard time with some of those guests and, and they're great. They have different victories in their life, but it's the people that are speaking from a, a broken spot that I've, I guess, sure. uh, I really appreciate. So I guess vulnerability is something I'm looking for. That's not a genre. Yeah, though. no, that fits. So. Tim, what about you? What is there, is there a certain type of guest we've had on here that you're like, I like that flow of, you know, what they bring to the table? Yeah. Clearly, I'm a big sports guy. Sports and comedy have been, been great for me. But I think I've, I was probably more surprised with some of the musicians that you've had on here. Mm. Um, and, and I don't necessarily have anyone's name down. But it's to Rob's point, you know, it's just about hearing their story and how everybody, like I said, it, it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, whether you're a sports person, whether you're a musician, a politician, <laughs> uh, a comedian. Um, we all, which you both are, you both are in the, yeah. you're both in the but comedy world. This, yeah. But you go, we go through politician. the same stuff. You know, that one of the things that I talk a lot about in the convenience store business, when I'm talking to folks in operations behind the counter is that everybody that comes in here every day has a story and you might be catching them at their worst time and they might be extremely rude to you. But if you show great service to them and show empathy, they're going to realize, okay, I probably, I probably made a mistake there. I was probably too hard on that person. But you never know what's going on in someone's life. So you have an impact every day to make a positive impact in somebody's life. And it might be something as simple as a smile. Mm-hmm. goes a long way. Yep. Um, so like I said, I, I, I truly enjoy 
all the different genres, but clearly I'm a I'm a sports junkie. So those yeah. go kind of top of the list. That was a huge shocker, Tim. I never saw the sports one coming for you. Yeah, but, I know. Um, <laughs> anyway, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I, I love any and all. I don't I don't have people on here if I don't love them, but comedy for me, I've enjoyed talking to comedians, how they got to where they're where they are. I think I think if you went back and listened to all of them, you know, Brian Bates, John Branion, Heather Land, Mike Goodwin, the list goes on. I mean, I think we've had probably some vulnerable points in yeah. all those comedian ones because that that's where a lot of comedy comes from. So, Correct. well, hey, I know you got, by the way, Rob made a great line. If you missed that, Tim, that was a great line. He kind of, you were starting your soundbite and he kind of looked in his Zoom lens a little funny and he goes, I'm a mortician, not a politician. Um, so you, <laughs> and you, a politician. And, oh, a, and mortician a politician. And a politician. <laughs> you had me, you had me a mortician. I was totally with you, Rob. So I think you guys alluded to one of you before we got on here. You really wanted me to make sure I didn't skip the rapid five. So we're not. Skipping no, I, it. I said I wouldn't do it. I said I wouldn't. Do yeah. It yeah. Rob, it. Rob got a check it. and yeah. he yep. wants to make sure we don't skip this. So Rob, you're going <laughs> to start the check clears <laughs> until, yeah, until the check clears. <laughs> what is your favorite childhood snack or cereal? Rob Roo? Frosted flakes. Wow. I don't have anything to earth. Frosted flakes. Okay. For sure. Tim little Debbie second. There you go. Yeah. So I grew up very close to a Dolly Madison thrift store. Every Wednesday we went there. So, Raspberry Zingers. Wow. I could drop a dollar and put 10 in the bag, which was probably not great for me, but it was delicious. <laughs> so, Tim, you've listened to every podcast. Nobody has said Raspberry yes. Zingers. I know. And I've never heard that. No. So, my daughter and I, a couple of weeks ago, were going to a concert. And we went this back way to get to where I think we were going for dinner. And we drove by, and I don't even know if it's still open. This was in North Dayton. There was an Inman's store. And I think it might, it was on, it was time on a Saturday when it would have been closed, but we were debating whether it still exists or not. As I've told multiple times, my family, and they'd probably just forget about the old Dolly Madison store. And on yeah. Wednesdays, what was it? Wednesdays was something, they had the special deal on Wednesdays. What do you remember what that was, Tim? No, but everything was cheap. Yeah, everything was cheap. Every, probably, every stale. Day was cheap. probably stale Wednesdays. <laughs> no, actually, that was the only time food was somewhat fresh, maybe. I don't know. But we would go there on the way to Overbrook, and we'd probably see the Youngs there, and we'd probably see other people. But going to Dolly Madison, they had cheap bread. Mm -hmm. They had the little six, you know, six little donuts in the thing. Yep. I mean, whatever my weight is today and however I'm out of shape, I can blame it on working at Youngs for four years, and I can blame <laughs> it on Dolly Madison being what it was. If that place was open today, I might not shop anywhere else. So good answer, <laughs> Tim Young. Second question, starting with Tim, what is your favorite book you have or most would want to gift to other people? Yeah. So I'm not a huge book guy, but one of the things that I do like, I like sports and I like book on leadership. So for me, there's a book called the 16 characteristics of true champions by don yeager don yeager and yeah one of the That's things good. that is clearly on that list is your belief in a higher power and they talk to some great folks in there tony dungy is one of them but they talk about living your faith will not only give you strength but it will lift up others and that's something that i clearly like i said whether it's in work whether it's just in my personal life once again having impact on people and knowing that you can impact someone's life every day is a choice you can make. Mm. So for me, that's the Don work. Yeager. Don Yeager has recently, uh, to my knowledge, become part of John Maxwell's t leadership team mm. with um, Joel Mamby and Jeff Henderson. I love, I'm a big Jeff Henderson fan. And also Tim Elmore, who's a previous guest on here, is kind of tag team back again. I think still doing his thing called Growing Leaders, but he's tied into John Maxwell as well. So, Rob, what's your book you most want to gift to other people? The Bible. No. Right? That's the I, I thought with no, one I'm of you, I might have said, I'm just kidding. You're not doing a Sunday school answer. We like that's that. The Bible. It's the right answer. Okay. So, it's it's kind of a new one, and I don't, you know, I'm not a reader either, but I do listen to a lot of books. But Out of the Pocket by Kirk Herbstreet, I thought was a great mm -hmm. book, great book on, on family and fatherhood, plus the sports. You know, I don't, I'm not a huge sports guy, but I like his story. And then there was an older book by Bill Johnson called The Supernatural Power of Transform Mind, which is just a great study on Romans 12. And I gave a lot, I gave a case of those books away. I, I call it the Burt Barnes Book of the Month Club giveaway. <laughs> yeah. and a guy named Burt Barnes used to give books, books away to everybody years ago. And he's he's an elder, at, he's a former elder at the church, at Fellowship Church. But uh, 
but that that book was just influential in my life and just understanding uh, grace in Romans 12 and and transforming your mind in the power of Jesus. So Tim, here's what's really funny about Rob Rue. When he first came to Christ, right before he did actually, he refed- 29. There you go. He refed a flag football tournament I was a part of. And I think we met there and it was right after that, if I remember correctly, he came to Christ and the way his hair was back then was very similar to Kirk Herbstreet. And I used to say, because they played football against each other in high school, that Rob <laughs> looked a lot like Kirk Herbstreet. But I haven't said that in a long time. And Rob's hair and Kirk Herbstreet's hair have maybe gone a little bit different directions. But <laughs> Rob used to remind me of Kirk Herbstreet. There you go. You know, I was involved in a shoestring tackle on Kurt Herbstreet Ooh. back in the Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare oh. on Elm Street. I think I went down with a pile and my pinky just barely glanced his shoe. Okay. And that Still was it. And then they benched me after that. But anyway, no. Well, you know, one of our young gathering guys, Zach Avery, I have on my phone somewhere the picture of where he, he I think, sacked in maybe a playoff game in high school when he was at Shawnee. He sacked one Joe Burrow. Ooh. Oh, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I got, I got a little weak single back in high school in summer baseball, I think, off Rick White. So that that's my one there claim to fame. But uh, anyway, let's keep moving on. So you guys both will want the vacation crazy question about where do you go with your family if the exit sign says McDonald's, In-N-Out, Chick-fil-A, Tim is in, convenience store, food world. Where does Team Young go? We are going to Whataburger. I know it's not on your list, <laughs> but it's Whataburger. Wow. Tim. Tim's the yes. one to break the rule. He's going off script. I'm going Whataburger. Yes. So who's Chick-fil-A second? is awesome. It's okay. amazing. Chick-fil-A is awesome and amazing. But Whataburger. But there's something about Whataburger that just hits differently. There you go. All right, Rob. You, I guess you could change it if you want. Um, I'm just going to say it, it's going to be in and out. We just proved this in Colorado. We drove 40 minutes out of our way to go to an In-N-Out because they're not around here. Now that we have a wonderful Chick-fil-A in town, I get a lot of it. So I'm going to In-N-Out. Go Chris Lopez. Go Rex Brooking. Yes. So I got to ask this question on a personal level that may not mean a lot to any and all listeners, but it might mean something to some. Brock Rue at In-N-Out Burger. What does that seem like? It's about two triples and (laughs) some extra protein on the side. (laughs) <laughs> so there's a running joke amongst some of us are good friends, Tim, about one Brock Rue, his his middle son, who is thick to say the least. I've always said if there's one friend of mine's kid I'm not getting sideways with because what he might do to me is Brock Rue. And he he likes to kind of wear short shorts. And I've told, he has no choice. I've told my son, choice. Alex, and I've told a few other kids, can we please take Brock? And there's a kid that's actually got shorter shorts. Can we take them out shopping somewhere and buy shorts? <laughs> and Brock's thighs are like, man, you would not want to hit he's that kid. Squat, he's squatting and deadlifting over 400 pounds so nope. each. Wow. He's yeah. a beast for a 16-year-old. He's got this really soft baby-like smile. But man, I would not want to tick that guy off. He got a running start and hit me, and those thighs were driving. It would be, it would be <laughs> atrocious. So this one is particularly for Tim, but I think Rob can come up with an answer for this as well. So if you had a chance for someone to play you in a biopic, who is the actor that is going to play you? Yeah. So this is not necessarily based on looks, but I would go with Justin Timberlake. For you? I think, yes, I think he has that sneaky humor. When you see him on Saturday Night Live or you see him with Jimmy Fallon, he is hilarious. Hilarious. And you don't don't see that coming. And I think you don't necessarily see that coming sometimes with me. Mm. Then I'll be funny. But then I'll be funny. See, I assumed you'd say Will Ferrell just because you can do the Will Ferrell stuff. I thought about Will. Yeah, I thought about Brad Pitt, but um, I'm going (laughs) – Justin Justin Timberlake. So when I think about Justin Timberlake and I think about funny things he's done, three things really jump out at me. On, I mean, they all involve Fallon. When him and Jimmy did that skit, I think it might have been right before COVID, where they were uh, looking at each other and giving each other the look in a room. And then they got yes. up close and they were like right next to each other. <laughs> and then that one uh, camp, whatever it's called that they did on uh, yes. on Fallon show. And those yes. guys were totally being goofballs. And then some random dude will walk in and kind of bust their chops. And Timberlake will break character every now and then with stuff like that. And then when they do 
the Barry Gibbs show. Uh, oh yes, that was, that was <laughs> yeah. on SNL. The Barry Gibbs yeah. show when he was on that. Oh my goodness, and my wife hates it because me and my daughter are such huge, huge, huge BG fans. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. Timberlake and Fallon have chemistry like few people. They do. I, I've ever seen. So Rob, who's playing you in the movie? Not Kirk Herbstreit, I guess. Steve Carell. Oh, Steve Carell. I could see that. That. Why, why, why do you want Steve Carell? Forget a look. Uh oh, he could. He's just funny. I like. I love The Office. With he's great. Guy. He can make it up. All right. Yeah. S- since we're four days apart, we're staying with you, Rob. The first celebrity yeah. crush is. Mm, I'm trying to decide which Charlie's Angels it would be. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> You know when I had Doug Harrison, Rob Oller, Cheryl Teagues, Farrah Fawcett, any of the three. So when I had Doug Harrison, Rob Oller, I think Doug Harris said Farrah Fawcett. Rob Oller said the replacement, Cheryl Ladd. We can throw Suzanne Summers in there. Okay. Well, Rob, I'm sorry to tell you if we're this close in age, you're wrong. The answer is Elizabeth (laughs) Shue, and she really got you first. She was in a couple things before, and she was great. But Elizabeth Shue and cocktail test. uh, Well, because we're about the same age. So Elizabeth Shue and oh. Cocktail. Tim, who you got? Okay. Nancy McKeon. Oh, my goodness. Huh? Joe Facts on of Life? Facts of Life. Joe? Yep. Yeah. I'm, wow. going to go- I'm going to Google right now. Oh, Facts <laughs> of Life. Oh, yeah. She's a bit of a tomboy. Okay. She yep. was a tomboy, but then they had like in Teen Magazine when she got all dressed up. Oh, like, wow. Okay. Now, granted, I started dating my wife oh. when I was 15, so that celebrity crush was really, really short. short. Yeah. You know what's funny? When I would watch Facts of Life back then, when Joe, I don't think she really? started out on the show, but when she got on there, I thought, man, this 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 character really hates Lisa Welchell. Blair and Joe yes. might kill each other someday. <laughs> that is funny. All right, so let's. I, I want to hit on the fatherhood thing because Tim hit on that a little bit earlier with his dad, and I, as we said, nobody can see this, but I am wearing Rob's dad's hoodie of the Bengals, and uh, his dad passed away. But it was in 2023 recently. And that's something we care a lot about in our gathering circles. And uh, I always laugh when I think I, I knew Tom very well as an adult. And we've spent trips, a number of time, road trips. We've spent a lot of time together. And whenever I think of Buddy Young, I always think of the day when Chris was running to first base in our baseball game. And he hit the bag right about the same time Steve Lucas was on there. Yep. And he broke his, was it ankle, leg? Broke his leg. Broke his leg. And they get to the hospital. Your dad was, for whatever reason, he was rarely ever not there, but he was not at that game. They get to the hospital. Whenever your dad gets the information, his first question was, what was it, Tim? Was he safe? Was he safe or out? That was his first question. And I think he was out, if I remember correctly. But I believe so. Yeah, Yeah. but he broke his leg. And uh, that that is my all-time buddy young Mark, but clearly these guys have left an indelible mark on each of you. You know, no dads are perfect. We all know that. But how are you guys, to whatever degree, the men you are today based on your dads? Let's start with uh, Tim. Yeah, I would say from my dad, he was actually at my game when Chris broke his leg. So my dad was, Mm -hmm. you know, he was my hero. He was always there. He was a coach. And like I said, I think that being a great dad, especially after games, it's not so much about, I want to talk to the coach. I want to talk to dad. Mm-hmm. And he had a great way to kind of separate that. I mean, clearly he might've had great strategy for the game, but after games, it was about dad, just being dad. And I think for me, you know, growing up, my dad was, I think it was probably late middle school, early high school. My dad got laid off. And, you know, at that time, you know, most dads were the major breadwinners of the family. And my dad, as you know, was was a very humorous type guy, very jovial. But that really impacted him. He struggled to find work. And you could see the financial strain on the family. You could see the financial or the, the strain also on the relationship that it had with my mom. And my dad was never great at showing a lot of affection and saying, I love you. I never, ever questioned in my life Mm. that he loved us. You just didn't hear it a lot. So, you know, when, when that was taking place, 
at that same time, you know, I'm in high school now. I'm I'm starting to date my future wife. And as you know, Jeff, our community back then, and I'm 52, but some of the great role models are Mr. Pinkleton, Mr. Lucas, Mr. Maudlin. And as I got into high school and, and started dating Christy, Gary Broker, who I've known now for over 40 years, was just a great role model figure for me, not only professionally, but in the way that he was a, a father, but in the way that he was a husband and in his professional life as well. So I've tried for years to emulate him and I'll never get there. But for me, it was just a great role model to have. And I think we were very fortunate. We grew up with a lot of great dads. Yeah, that's true. Rob, what about you? How, how Talk about the indelible mark, maybe your dad left and how that's impacted you as a dad. Yeah, so I, I said this at my dad's funeral. I didn't have a, a baseball coach dad. I didn't have uh, a dad that was heavily involved in things that I did. We were involved in things that he did. My dad lost his dad when he was 17. And I don't think that he was able ever to articulate or share how that impacted his feelings throughout his life and having a family. Uh, my dad taught me work ethic. He taught me, uh, he gave me opportunities. You know, if I wanted to be with my dad, I was at the funeral home because he worked a lot. And that whole generation of funeral directors, they had to spend time in the facility to work. So uh, that's kind of how, in a way, I guess that's the way I, I felt like I was called in the business, in the family business. I wanted to be with my dad. So what I learned, you know, I, my dad taught a lot of things, just, you know, how to be around people, how to, how to take care of people. And I watched that my whole life. You know, that's, that's, that's what I think, you know, what, what I received from my dad. It wasn't an easy relationship by far. There's, you know, I, he always said he loved us. Uh, he always gave us hugs. He was affectionate like that. But, and sometimes it left me guessing, does he really, because there would be difficulties within our relationship, like there is with everybody, but, um, but, you know, the last the last year of my dad's life, when he was diagnosed with this illness and we spent a lot of time together in hard times, there was there was more un, unsaid than said. But there was a lot of communication with the unsaid for me and in uh, him. And uh, I remember being in the hospital at the James the first night I spent the night with him because mom had to go home and he had already had the brain surgery. And I remember getting up and covering his feet. So for several reasons, his feet kept getting uncovered. And so I get up, cover him, go to the bathroom, whatever. And it's like two in the morning. He said, Hey, Rob, let you know you're a good guy. And I'm like, yeah, thanks dad. You know, like that. And he said, no, 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 you're a good guy. You're a good guy. And it was just, you know, he's been through it. And I know that there was a lot of regrets. There's, I got regrets. Every dad's going to have regrets in raising their kids, but uh, there was just a lot of hard things tied together over that last year. I was very grateful for uh, with dad because of how our relationship was. But I, but he did help form the man I am today, and and there's a work ethic and a, how to take care of people that I'll never be, I would never have been able to learn on my own mm. for sure. So me, you, and Jeremy Hudson, a good friend of ours, who's our my senior pastor, we do a lot of kind of shared dad life. We've done trips and other experiences together, or whatever. How will you know, Rob, at the end of the day, that you were a good dad? What will be the the marker in your mind of I was a good dad? Um. I would say that they actually want to be around me when they're adults. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say they want to be a friend. They want to, you know, uh, that's, you know, people ask me like, how do you do it? How do you do all this stuff? I said, I don't know. I'll check on my family in 10 years. Hmm. Let me know if I was, if I did a good job. Cause I don't know for sure. I want to be a good dad. I do want to be, but I know that the, the involvement in their life is, is similar to what I had to try to be where I can, but I can't be every, you know, yeah. everywhere. But uh, that they know I love them. So I guess if they want to be friends with me and they're, when they're adults, that'll be a mark for me that I'll know that they want to hang with me. I really like that you said that because I, I've we've talked about that a decent bit in, in our household. And I'm just a big believer. Like you can be at everything your kids do and still not really be present and do nothing else. And my kids know, I'm going to admit, like last night, I'm part of uh, a Bible study fellowship thing with a number of community leaders. And Alex had a game and I knew I'd make the other two this week. One of them's tonight, but I'm like, I'm missing your game tonight and I'd love to see you, but I've got a commitment and I need to hold to that commitment. And, uh, you know, I think we sometimes overvalue a parent being at every game because what about everything else? It's not like everything in life as a parent is about a sporting event or a band concert or a play or whatever. So I think we. Yeah. And not to minimize, 
not to minimize kids that have had that from their family. Tim, you've done it. You know, other people have had that. And I don't want to minimize those because those are valuable in and of themselves. Just some people are are not able to do that. And and, and guys like me will always compare themselves to guys that are able to be at everything and do everything and and be coaches. I'm like, the fact that being a coach of anything in my has never been even in my ability now. So I've got a six-year-old though at 54. And so maybe I'll be a coach for that. <laughs> but who knows? Tim, how about you? What will be the marker? How will you know? Like, yeah, I was a great dad. You know, I think a lot of what Rob mentioned is 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 dead on. But you know, for me, I've always said that the greatest legacy will be your kids and how people view your kids, how they treat other people. I think that's a mm-hmm. true testament of the work uh, that that you've done. You've helped lead them in their walk in faith. Uh, so for me, it's it's really about how the kids do and how the kids are represented. So yeah, that's a big part of it. So let's ask this. Let's get back to the podcast for a minute. Is there, is there any aha moments or anything that was said kind of a eternity, heaven, Jesus touches a moment where you're like, Whoa, that kind of stopped you in your tracks. I know for me, looking back on it, hosting these things, when I had Rhett Walker, the singer on here, and I asked him when he, he talked about, I didn't, I didn't really know this, but he got his now wife pregnant when they were dating and his dad was a pastor to church and it was the biggest church in town. And I said, so what was that like? When did you guys have a moment where you left the church or how did you handle what didn't go well? He goes, Jeff, that didn't happen. It went really well. They loved us really well. And in a day and age where we focus so much on when churches can mess up, I was blown away by that. I mean, I think you could probably tell in the podcast I was thrown by that and I tried to rally and I leaned in on that. And I said, Rhett, tell me more about that. That moment really caught me. Is there a moment for you guys? Maybe start with Tim. Yeah. I think the comment that uh, I think Chip Dodd made talking about God being the ultimate garbage man, hmm. you know, his ability, his ability to, to take uh, your losses and make it someone else's gain and, and just really, you know, through faith, um, the power that that God can can bring about change, and uh, you know, there's been some other great comments from I think Pat Morlory was another one. He talked about if you get the man right, mm. you get the family right, you get the community right, and that's just something. As I take away, I'm like, okay, I've got a responsibility yeah. to get stuff right with me, the home, and then if we do that, then we're going to have an impact on the community. Yeah, no, that's great. Plug April fourth, 2024. Chip Dodd will be our next gathering speaker in springfield spring okay. breakfast rob what about you what's is there man maybe a holy sacred moment uh, from- i like matthew Slee's testimony and some of the things that he shared with his emergency room stories about how he would just be connected with people and how he'd hear from uh the holy spirit on how to treat and care for people and just kind of give them insight into their hearts and be able to to speak with them and talk with them differently yeah. i think that would be it you know, the pipeline and a lot of others, but I don't recall. Well, I put Greg Nergers on there because of how he just shared about the loss of Rachel when he was going through. So that, that those stopper for me, like, wow, he went there and I was proud of him for that. Yeah. You know, it's funny what becomes from a podcast, but our friend Landon, or all three of our friends, Landon Wade went to church on a Sunday at Southeast. They have a guest speaker. It's Matthew Sleeth. He gets up there almost five minutes in, starts talking about mental health and suicide. Landon looked at Rebecca and said, what are we doing here? And by the time it was done, he's messaging me as soon as he can saying, Jeff, you got to get this guy to Springfield or you got to get him on your podcast Mm -hmm. or whatever. I let it sit for probably close to a year. And then I finally did something with it, which usually I'm pretty quick. And then to think we've become friends, he's been to Springfield, I think three times now. I'm actually having dinner with him next week uh, when I'm down in Lexington you know, multiple ties to our community, relationships therein. And uh, I'm like, you know, two podcasts, that that stuff may or may not have happened without that. And like you said, Rob, he's got some very pivotal points between a neighbor dying in 9-11, what happened to uh, his brother-in-law, and then the guy who stalked him. When he tells those three stories are what yeah. brought him to Jesus, I'm like, wow, Lord, please don't let crazy things like that happen to everybody who comes to know you. So I, yeah. I, I relate well to that. Yeah. So let me ask this. If you guys could choose, you know, you can't say like one of the former presidents, it's never going to happen. But if you could choose someone to be on this podcast who you'd like to hear, who would be a guest you think would be great and you'd love to hear him on here? Rob? 
I, I mean, I, I mean, I so does like Kirk Herbstreet count as the president? Because like that would be an awesome interview. Yeah, let's get Kirk Herbstreet. I'll write that down. I'm just saying he's from the area. Yeah, I don't know. I so, mean, he just said, like I said, you could tell you could just talk fatherhood with him. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot I'd unpack if you reading that book. I'll keep it nameless. You'll know who I'm talking about. But when he talked about one of his former partners in the broadcast booth and how that person did not treat him real well and show a lot of respect his way, I thought, ooh, that one was really interesting. And he talked about, of course, Lee Corso, he talks about and adores and has nothing but the utmost highest level respect. But there's some things he talked about in that book that I'm like, ooh, I'd love to unpack more of that, especially with the uh, Springfield that would have been north for you, Centerville rivalry. There was some good stuff in there. And I had no idea when he was growing up in Centerville, he lived in an apartment. I would have assumed they had a nice home, but he lived in an apartment. He, he was in like six high school. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, his life is pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, pretty unique. I don't think most people probably guess that about him. Tim, what about you? Who's, who's a guest or two you'd love to see on here? Yeah, I would say Tony Dungy or Chris Spielman. Ooh. Uh, Spielman, that'd be good. Yeah, the the book I mean, that Dungy he wrote. Be great, but Spielman. Mm. The book that uh, Chris Spielman had years ago, when the passing of his wife, man, that was. That's that why was I'm incredible. here. That's why I'm here. What a what a great title man. for a book. The fact that Stephanie embraced yep. cancer the way she did. I've read I've read multiple copies of Dungy's books. I love Tony Dungy. I'm a Colts fan, big in part because of Tony Dungy. But that Spielman book is mm. yeah. unbelievable. It is. What's the name of it? That's why I'm here. Okay. It's about Stephanie's really battle with cancer and Chris yeah. walking with that with her. It's an incredible book. I read I read John Saunders and Stuart Scott's book after that, which were both very impactful. I was I was a little bit more partial to John Saunders, knowing kind of where they went. Of course, Stuart was famous for having battled cancer for as long as he did. Those three books were great and timely. Well, guys, this has been a treat. I wish we could talk more. Man, it's fun to be on here with friends. I love when I get to do it with pairs. And uh, you guys retreat. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Appreciate you again, having us on. Yeah, blessings, guys. Bobby, good to see you. See you guys. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.